All right. Welcome back to the Badass Lifter podcast. I'm here with Matt Vanderlar, owner of Fit Fat Training, creator of the BAM Method, and co-host of the Cut the Crap podcast. Matt, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate it as well. Like we talked about on like the previous call, I think it'd be really cool if the kind of fit, kind of fat brand reached out to you because I think you guys would have like a very, it just seems like it would overlap pretty heavily. Yeah, um, I actually own one of their t-shirts, but so they ne- I, they never have reached out to me, but I own a, one of their t-shirts and it's literally um, uh, a p- big piece of pizza um, on the back, but it's actually a dumbbell or something and, and with the pizza on the sides of it or something is pretty cool. So No, I, I like their brand. I like it. I think it has like a similar messaging to what you guys have as well. I'm not trying to like force this if anyone from their no. company is listening. <laughs> you guys do what you think is best. But I, I just thought of like when I looked at your content and I looked at like kind of the the brand that you have i thought that made like yeah. a ton of sense hey i appreciate um, that <laughs> but yeah no I'm, I'm happy to have you on here i find that your approach is a lot more nuanced than i think what we've seen on tiktok um which we're going to talk about a little bit later and kind of mm-hmm. like the let's say the pros and cons of tiktok fitness but um first i'd love you to talk about the bam method you know your personal method like kind of you know if you could summarize it as best as possible what it's all totally. about and then we'll yeah. we'll go from there So the BAM method has kind of come about through years of coaching our clients. Um, And so our coaching, our clients have kind of evolved our, the way we coach and our program. Um, So it's, it's BAM method is really a foundation that we're setting. So it's a foundation of uh, body accountability and mindset, BAM. Um, So that foundation that we start building there is focused on our body by being physically healthy, physically strong increasing our fitness levels, our mobility, so we can live our life without restrictions. And, you know, many people for, for come to us for help with fat loss, but that's not what our program is. Sure, we can help you lose fat if that's a goal of yours. I know that's not what you do here, um, but that's not, we never mandate and dictate that somebody needs to lose fat or like you need to lose fat. And no, that's not the way we do things. That's everybody, their goals are taken into consideration and it's unique to them. Um, and this is with our content and the way we help people online as well, um, not just clients. Um, and of course, accountability. I think everybody can benefit from having some accountability in their life in some form or another. But I do think people get accountability wrong a lot of time. Um, like when our friends are, are in our support system, hopefully, um, sometimes they're just our cheerleaders. And that's not really sure. accountability, you know. So um, as a coach, I have my own coach to hold me accountable. And I think everybody can benefit from that. Um, and lastly, mindset. And I shouldn't say lastly, because it's actually the most important thing of everything we've talked here, Um, because our mindset dictates our thoughts, our actions, everything in life. And, you know, we we aim to primarily help people repair their relationship with food. Um, So get away from the good food, bad foods, the binge restrict, the yo-yo diet cycle. Um, but not, not only that, but that perfectionist attitude, all or nothing thinking, because um, that's what so many people struggle with. And that's really that all or nothing thinking. It's a thinking error is what that is. Um, it's mindset issue. And that's something that you can change, you know, going from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. So um, once we once you tackle that mindset portion of things, it's like you open up a whole new world of, of opportunities. I, I love that. I think that's really, really helpful. And like you're, you're growing as opposed to removing, which I think often people see training in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, let's, let's talk about the accountability part. So what part do you think people get wrong about accountability or like, yeah, let's go from there. 
Mm -hmm. So from a coaching perspective, I think what, what coaches get wrong with accountability is when somebody does fall off track or, or has a bad weekend, they just say, oh, that's okay. We'll just get back to it. So if you keep saying that's okay, we'll just get back to it. You're not actually helping the person. That's not holding mm. them accountable. You know, you're, you're, you're almost enabling them in a way. But if you ask, if you look at why this person keeps falling off track, now you're holding them accountable and now you're coaching them and now you're helping them. You're not helping anybody by just say, by just, you know, checking in with them and saying, yeah, you're doing great. When, when really, no, they actually need you to, 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 to coach them. Yeah. At a, at a minimum, you got to walk them through it. You know, this is kind of one of the things I've said is that like, I don't really care if you miss a workout or even like a week of training, like life happens. Like that's not, you know, like there are going to be times that I miss workouts and I would never expect them to be mm -hmm. perfect. Um, mm -hmm. But if someone's continuously missing workouts or if there's like a yes. regular pattern where like, you know, like you're training them, you're supposed to train them four days a week. They only make two every single time. Like there's a conversation there that like, Absolutely. I think, you know, and not in a way that is making fun of them or letting them feel bad for like, why? But like, we need to know why we need to approach yes. like, okay, like, is it, are you intimidated by the jam? Like, is it too many workouts for you? Like, is like having is it is there a lot of pressure to get the workouts done and perfectionism is mm -hmm. getting in the way like yeah. those are all like valid but i kind of agree with you where like accountability is not just you know celebrate the wins if you want to and i think that's like good yeah. uh, you know like, let them know when they're doing good but like if yes. there is a problem don't just say like always say it's fine um so i i couldn't agree with you more that like those are those tough conversations that people shy away from you know from a coaching perspective and from a client perspective yeah, the, well, they they can be tough, right? Because it's it's kind of like potentially admitting fault in some way, or like you know something is not right here, and we need yeah. to talk about like what that not right thing is. Yeah, I'm not here to tell you you're a bad person for missing, but sure. like if you are always missing workouts, like there there has to be a conversation there. It can't mm -hmm. we can't just assume that like well in three months like that will go away. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think one misconception that the general public gets wrong with with accountability is expecting if you, if you have somebody holding you accountable, that doesn't mean that that person is going to be holding your hand every step of the way, because now you're, if you're, if you're expecting somebody to hold your hand every step of the way, what you're doing there is you're, you're creating reliance. You're, mm. you're, you're relying on that person, um, that coach, the mentor to, be there for you every step of the way all the time. And that's not how life works. So then accountability, the other side of that is yes, you said you were going to do this thing and you, and you didn't do it. So let's look at why, but it's also learning how to be accountable to yourself. I, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think there are some people who just like having a trainer, but I think there also has totally. to be some people who like, like, do you, like having a trainer or do you like need one every step of the way in which case there has to be kind of a conversation there yeah. um especially because like lots of people like training i don't think most people's goal is to have a trainer always i have some clients like that who like just like having that for the accountability but sure. um i also know that if they decided to not have a trainer for like three to six months that like they would still be training and you know as good, that's good to, you've done your job um, that they're like they've got they've got that that own resilience built up in themselves yeah. Yeah. I think, and like, that should be kind of the goal, right? Because I think like one of the issues that I think we face online, and I think we definitely want to talk about like the crazy TikTok world is that like <laughs> most of the problems people, most of people's issues are like consistency or like doing the basics or just like totally. making sure they, especially, and a lot of the content online is like very niche, like almost to the point where it's like, I don't know 
why so many people follow you because there's no way all of these people actually need to know this. Like some of the ultra optimal, like, I hate the optimal detail. crowd. I hate the optimal <laughs> argument on TikTok. That is one thing that really grinds my gears. Yeah. The, what, what's your the issue with the optimal don't... crowd? Yeah. Is, uh, it, is it that it relates to almost no one? Is that your... It relates to almost no one. Yeah. Unless you're a bodybuilder um, with very specific physique goals um, or you're in the 1% of elite athletes, you have no business worrying about optimal. Because yeah. what's really optimal for the general public is quality movement daily, going on a walk, maybe um, eating more protein, eating more fruits and vegetables and eating their favorite foods, um, getting a good night's sleep, stress management. That's uh, that's all optimal. So if you want to talk optimal, let's optimize that stuff. Yeah. Just like the core habits, I think, are like what most Not the angle of the lap pull down that you're doing. That's not like, first Which, of all, you can't, optimal is different for everybody when it comes to Yeah. That. That's, that was one thing I was going to mention is that it, it arguably isn't even true. Is right. that like there? There is no like perfect back exercise for everybody, or yeah. like the best quad or the best like like this is going to vary heavily on like goals, training level, even just like how your body's built. So the yeah. idea that there's like a even if there was like an optimal, I think every time they say like this is the most optimal training, I feel like they're speaking way out of context, and it's more of like a theory than like actually yes, theory. practical. Yeah. I yeah. can't support it with any scientific literature or it's just anecdotal. Uh, anecdotal, or I would say just like, it's a, I'm going to try not to nerd out too hard here. It's like what's known <laughs> as like a, a mechanistic answer as opposed to yeah. like an outcome answer, which for like anyone listening, mechanistic is basically like you have like a, you know how the body works or at least think you do. And like, based on that information, decide what's optimal. Like, it's more of like, well, we know the body works like this, so this should be the most optimal. So it makes sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's more of like a story. And like, the reason we prefer outcome data better is that because sometimes we have those stories that don't actually pan out in real life. And so you can look in a textbook and you're like, well, the bicep moves like this. So like, technically the incline curl should be the most optimal. But then if the outcome doesn't support that, like what that tells me is that you don't actually, like there's something you're missing there from mm -hmm. your story. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, just from training a lot of people, you know, I, I wish there was like a perfect back exercise or like Same. A, that would be, that'd be so easy. Then I could just give it to everybody and then right. it would just be like, everybody would be doing like, the same workouts. Everybody would be moving the same. Everybody would look everyone the same gets everything. strong <laughs> in the same way. And it's just yeah. like, you know, so I think when they speak, it's either super niche or like is not actually as true as they say it is. Yeah. So um, TikTok, unfortunately, yeah. it's very easy to get a big platform on there very quickly. Um, I did that myself, you know, a few years ago, I, I blew up almost overnight. Um, but it's very easy for incorrect information, misinformation to go viral. Um, and that's what a lot, that's what a lot of, we, of the things that we see then in the fit talk realm is just, you know, like one of my, one of the things that really grinds my gears on fit talk is like the 12, three 30 method. Oh um, my, won't die. This is the best this way to, to get cardio or this is the best way to lose fat or whatever, you know? No, like let's, let's just stop. Is 12, three 30, a solid thing to do. Absolutely. But do you need to be doing it? Absolutely not. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And th those things, I think one of the challenges that probably you and I face is that when you're having a nuanced opinion, it's hard to really like explain that in 20 seconds, but you know, it's nuanced not hard doesn't to go viral. 
No one's doesn't go viral. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's well as that like when you want to go viral, it's so much easier to be like this exercise, the best one ever. You're going to gain all the strength in like three months, 20 second clip done. Yeah. It's like so easy to prepare yeah. as opposed to like having the conversation of like, well, everyone's built a little bit differently. You know, like we have to look at like what works best for you and try certain things out and like see how your body reacts to certain exercise. Like that's like first that, that was that little speech right there was already. That answer's not sexy. And that's not no. what, that's not what we want to hear, too, is in the general public. We don't want to hear that. Oh, I'm, it's going to take trial and error and learning about my body, what I like, what I don't like and and how mm -hmm. my body responds to things. That sounds like it's going to take a long time. I'd rather go look at it this black and white way. So this guy that has millions of views, that sounds about right. <laughs> right. And like the millions of views almost validates him, right? Like yes. that's almost that social like, proof. you know, so, social proof and like, you know, the classic, like, you know, they don't share any information. They just show off their shirtless pics and then they're yeah. like, this is how yeah. I got there. And, um, that's so actually like, that definitely goes viral. Mm -hmm. That de Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Just like, you know, shirtless pics or like, you know, like as much I, I'm of the mind now that the more, the less clothes you wear, the worse your advice might be. That's like, <laughs> that's like where I'm at now where I'm like, cause I, I think, if, I, I think in, I'm sure there's exceptions, but like the amount of times I've seen, like, whenever I think of like, what is the worst advice online? It's almost always like just some shirtless guy. He's out in the sun. He's tanned for some reason. Um, yes. And like just giving advice to, he's like, talking to the camera and like for some reason he has no clothes he's not like i don't know like to me like that when i that's just like a pattern i've noticed where i mm -hmm. feel like it's almost like i don't actually know what i'm talking about so i'm going to use visual reference to like compensate you nailed it. for the lack yeah. of background they're, and they're yeah. selling their body they're not selling their knowledge and their their, mm -hmm. their ability to help people you know versus you and yeah. i where we don't use our body to, for marketing um it's a lot harder to to get clients doing that for sure it'd be very easy to get clients well i mean i mean i don't have that physique though either so maybe you want to be very no i don't either so I, would have to I definitely like, couldn't yeah. sell my body in that way but i also don't want that physique so i i also don't want to like be in that position because I, I you know i'm not gonna throw anyone out of the bus here but i have friends who do that and they're so concerned about like always looking that part because the minute they don't like whether they age out of it or like they put on some weight even for like health reasons that like now they're in this spot where they almost lose credibility um mm -hmm. because that they was themselves yeah where like if they gain 20 pounds like that might actually affect them from like a business perspective um where in like in, in my world it like doesn't even matter like it, it's really doesn't yeah. like it's like yeah it's like, so oh, I feel, okay. like, like it's like yeah it's like irrelevant it's like you know my, my page has always been about like helping all people regardless and like because i don't work on weight loss or fat loss like i kind of get right. that luxury of like it doesn't really matter yeah. um now one question i want to ask for you is like we're talking about beginners like we talk about what they shouldn't focus on which is the optimal bros what <laughs> is like a good for let's say someone's new to the gym, like they're very, you know, like, do you recommend they start off with some kind of program first? How many days a week should they jump into training? Like, how should they approach training? Because I think it's, it's pretty daunting at first for a lot of new lifters. I do believe that 
new lifters should have a plan of going into the gym. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a program from a coach or something, but you should have a plan for what you're going to be doing in the gym. Um, maybe your plan is I'm going to do 15 minutes on the treadmill at a light pace, and then I'm going to do some strength training. And here's what my strength training is going to look like. Maybe you go on to um, some I don't know, fitness website and, and get a free routine or something on there. You can get plenty of those. Um, mm -hmm. but definitely going into a plan, I think is, is something I, I highly recommend. Um, okay. In terms of days of the week, um, my stance on this is more than you're doing now, probably. Um, okay. And I say probably because maybe there's people that are working out four or five days a week right now. I don't think they need to work out any more than that, you know, but um, in an ideal world, if somebody's not strength training at all, they're completely new to the gym, they're going to get, they're going to start seeing progress and feeling better and getting stronger with just one day a week, you know? Um, mm -hmm. but, um, in an ideal world, I would like to see them three or four days a week strength training. Absolutely. But I found that's one, kind one of like the, good, the, two days the, is better, the you know? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I think three to four days a week I've noticed is like, the sweet spot for most people kind of depending on mm -hmm. like their life. I think that's like, Myself I think, too. you know, yeah, no, I, I also train four days a week. Like I find that that works. Yep. Um, I've also found that like once you're at the four or five days a week mark, like adding a sixth, I don't think does that much where it doesn't seem to be like, mm -hmm. especially for beginners where it's like, I haven't seen someone solve their problem. Like if you're not getting strength results on five days a week, like we need better training, not yeah, another day. Your programming is probably crap or your recovery is crap or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Recovery is like a big one too, where like I've had people go from five days a week to three and like even just the recovery alone, like they, they were just fatigued from both the gym and life mm -hmm. and that by reducing the amount of training they've done, they've actually gotten stronger. And then they also get to have a life outside of the gym. Right. Cause I think like right. most people, you know, want to be strong and healthy, but they also want to, you know, spend time with their kids yeah. or like do other sports right. or like, you know, and you know, I, I'm, I am, I am a trainer and also want a life outside of the gym. And so I don't, I would never expect them to live fitness, which I think we see a lot online yes. where it's like the messaging is almost like you have to give up everything for this. And then I feel like a lot of people are going to look at that and be like, I'm out. Like that's too much of a commitment. And yeah. I, I, I want people to know that like, yes, you have to prioritize it, but that doesn't mean you have to like you give up your life. Fitness. Absolutely like not. That's the, yeah. Yeah. You, you said, you know, take things away there. I love that because we shouldn't be taking things away. We should be looking to nourish our bodies, nourish our minds. So what can we add into our life? That's going to have a positive health outcome. Um, you know, like I said, if you're not strength training currently, then just adding one day a week will add some, some value there to your life. So, mm -hmm. um, we can start there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think I, I like your thoughts on like adding as opposed to subtracting. I think it's like, it's in the data too, but like even just anecdotally, like getting someone to add something in as opposed to saying they can't do something, like it just works way better. If anything, saying no makes it like more enticing. Totally. It's like, uh, right. it's a psychology thing. And this is this, the literature supports that too. It's like, I can tell you, Mark, or anybody listening, don't look at the, or don't let, don't think about the purple elephant. What, what are you doing? Are you thinking about the purple elephant that just popped up into your head? Because I told you not yeah. to do it. We want, we, we're, that, that's just human nature. We're, when somebody tells us not to do something, we want to do it. And then we obsess about it if we don't get to do it. And then when we obsess about it, that just creates a whole new plethora of problems. Yeah. I, no, I, 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 couldn't, I, I couldn't agree more. Like we just got, we got to add as opposed to subtract. Totally. Um, one challenge I see with beginners, I'd love to know your approach on this, is that 
when you're and i'm gonna say beginner is like less than a year like structure training yeah, is when they have a bad workout or miss workouts it seems to hit pretty hard and on top of that i've seen scenarios where like i'll just give you a scenario like someone's new to training they've been crushing it for like eight weeks never missed a workout like they're loving training they're already getting stronger they miss a week of training, even for like a good reason. Like they were sick or they were like, you know, on vacation or like whatever. Yeah. What? And then it's really hard to get back into the groove. And like, there's a lot of shame that exists there that they're like, they felt like they fell off. And like in many scenarios, they feel so guilty that they lose their strength training journey in that moment. Like <laughs> when you have clients like that, how do you approach that scenario? Well, one of the first things I would probably do um, or, or that I do is just ask them why, why, what, or, or what, like, what do you think is going to happen if you take a week off the gym, if you miss a week, you know, cause logically we know nothing. It's, it's an emotional, <laughs> it's an emotional response. So, so we need to control, look at it from a logical way for, rather than an emotional way. But it's, it's large, the, the bigger picture there, the bigger problem there is that it's largely a mindset issue. That's that, that like what I said earlier, that all or nothing thinking you're either 100% on or you're 100% off there. There's, there's no 50%. There's no 75%. There's no colors. It's just black or white. Right. Um, so when we fail or look, don't fail. Yeah. So when, so when we stop looking at things in that dichotomous way, um, then you can have that week off that two week off, um, and, and be perfectly fine. Cause we know as coaches one week off, two weeks off, that's not going to impact your strength. It's not going to impact your, your muscles or anything like that. Me personally. And this is why I believe in being vulnerable and authentic online is I just went a period of three weeks, Mark, um, without going to the gym one time. Cause I was traveling. Mm -hmm. I was, but I was very active. I was doing a lot of things. I was hiking, I was scuba diving, I was climbing, doing all those things, but I wasn't in the gym in a traditional sense. Um, and when I came back, um, I, I did my bench press, my dumbbell bench press, and I actually bumped the weight up from, from where I left off because it was actually easier. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say there is that your body needs rest as well. Um, that's when it gets stronger. Um, so taking a week off, it can actually, if you plan it or if you don't plan it, it can actually be very beneficial just from a central nervous system standpoint, the, the stress on your, on your body. Um, like you said earlier with your client, reducing it from five days a week to three days a week, they were no longer stressed and fatigued, fatigued. And they were just, they, they were feeling stronger than as a result of that. Yeah. And I think like, that's, that's good. Like I've, I've had clients who like took a week off and came back stronger because they like just yeah. got that full rest they needed. Um, especially if they were like on a vacation where they ate a lot of food because then they're resting and recovering pretty hard and getting good sleep. And then when they came back, they actually like added, you know, 10 pounds to the bar and like got new records and things like that. So I don't, I don't, I, I try really hard to like, okay, you don't have to be perfect. We just want you relatively consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you are regularly missing, you know, we're not going to shame you, but there is a conversation there. Like, I think that's totally. kind of the the line that I think is, and I think it's hard to draw for some people. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think like that, I agree with you where like the all or nothing mindset, like ruins, ruins workouts where it really does the people I've seen who like train for long periods of time. One of the characteristics that I've seen is they're okay with being imperfect. Like yeah. that's the, like, they don't like if like half a workout, still a workout, you know, if they mess up something like that's not the end of the journey, like they're okay with like making those mistakes along the way. Totally. Those are the people who train for years, get all the results that you want to see. Like they become stronger than they ever thought they were going to be. 
And I, I think that's like one of the, I agree with you, like that mindset shift has to, has to change drastically. Yeah. And even those people that, you know, that you see being able to bounce back, I call that bounce back ability. Um, you know, they probably struggled with that same thing early on in their journey as well. Um, but they conquered it. Um, so I think I want people to understand that, that you can conquer it. You can get through that, that mindset if you allow yourself to, if you're tell, if you tell yourself that you can, if you tell yourself you can't, you're never going to be able to. So, you know, that's a fixed mindset. Um, so, so you, you'll hear me talk about mindset a lot. So, <laughs> no, I, I, I think, I think it matters though, because I think like the right mindset really makes or breaks training. Like, I think it really does. Like where, you know, when I think about the people, you know, I've worked with who like have worked in the long run, like I, I wouldn't say that they were, you know, overly, you know, they're, they're not like superior talent or it's not that they had easier lives or it's not that they, you know, had all this free time to get training done. And like right. the ones who really see the results are, you know, they, they're, they have a good purpose for training, which I think is huge. Cause if you're going to spend three or four days a week doing something like you better have a good reason for it. Better have a good one. Um, yeah, a good why. Exactly. Um, they are okay with being imperfect. And I'm curious on your thoughts on this. I think that some people, I think training has to be at least somewhat fun to be consistent. I think that if yes. you're, Thank that you, if Mark. you don't, totally. if you don't like training, I think, you know, even if you have those other two, I think like, you're not going to stick with it. Like you have to yep. find the training that you like. Um, enjoy this is why, enjoy, yeah, ab absolutely. This is why I don't run. Um, because I, it's just not, it's not enjoyable for me. It never has right. been like, you know, I'll do other cardio, but running's not going to happen for me. Cause it's mm -hmm. just like, it's like, I don't get that runner's high people talk about. I get like, and I get like that runner's low where I just feel like trash at the end of like a 5k. Yeah. Um, totally. so and there's yeah. tons of research to support that too. So much psychology behind that. Um, I run a mindful eating group coaching program as well. And that's one, I, I have an entire week where we talk about mindful movement. And um, part of that discussion that we have with our clients is the enjoyment piece. And then we talk about the, the research, you know, that psychology has um, to support that. Um, so it doesn't matter if you have the perfect workout plan if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to stick with it. Right. If my yeah. trainer, if my coach were to tell me to do burpees, I'm going to say, fuck off. I'm not going to do burpees. <laughs> I fucking hate them. You know, um, so other no, people might enjoy yeah. them, but that type of training is not for me. I've done it. I hate it. I'm not going to do it again. Yeah. I think that's, that's, uh, that's me with bent over rows. I just hate them. They're just really yeah. hard and I don't, I don't work with me well. And like, everyone's got that, you know, I think this is, I'm very careful about programming, uh, Bulgarian split squats because some people really hate them to the point where they won't do them. And I have to like, are they a great exercise? Absolutely. Right. Um, but if you hate it so much, you're skipping them, then I'd rather you just do something else. Totally. Um, and what you, what you just said there is something else. So that goes back in line to with what we were talking about with getting back on track and, and changing that mindset is doing controlling what you can control and just doing something because something is always going to be better than nothing. So maybe you can't go to the gym um, for a week straight because you're in meetings, you have to take the kids to soccer practice, and then you have to go to the, the board meeting at the end, at the end of the night and you just can't fit the gym in. But what maybe what you can fit in is 10 minutes of walking um, in between appointments or 15 minutes of just sitting out in the sun, getting some vitamin D um, or vitamin N, vitamin nature, like I like to call it. Um, <laughs> nice. so, so yeah, I mean, there's plenty of things that you can do. We can just get to that, that concept or that idea of something is better than nothing in those different seasons of life, because that's, that's the real, the, the harsh reality is sometimes we're just not going to be able to go to the gym for a little bit of time, but we can still do something in that amount of time. 
And then, yeah, I, then you get back on track easier because you've been doing something, even if it was only 10 minutes of movement a day. Yeah, you've like, I don't, I don't know if this is the right wording, but like you haven't fallen off track as much because yeah. you're like, I didn't work out, but I like did get my steps in or like did something else. Um, I, I'm curious if we're going to agree on this or not, actually, just based on your content. Sure. So discipline is talked about a lot in the fitness world. Um, I think it's like, you got to earn it. And I'm kind of of the mind because of the reasons we've talked about that discipline is overrated in many scenarios and like where, yes, you need to prioritize fitness, but that when I think of who are the most disciplined towards their fitness journey, I look at their lives and I think you're not more disciplined. You, you know, I'll take like the, the bodybuilder. Right. I, I think especially as trainers where like many of us are in gyms all day, like they're not more disciplined in the sense that like you like training, all your friends are at training, like you've circled your life around fitness. Trainers have mm -hmm. very flexible lives compared to other people. And so when they get, you know, when they're like grinding, quote unquote, I'm like, yeah, but there's so much incentive for you. And there's so like, you like being there, all your friends are there, you get a post about it on Instagram later and get likes from like, like the, of course you make time. Whereas I'm talking to like the 36 year old mom of two kids who runs also has a job. And it's like, yeah, she's at the gym less, but also that like, obviously like like it's, it's kind of like it, i don't think i don't see her as like less disciplined i just think yeah. that like her, the, her the barriers are different are just, yeah like i'm never gonna tell her like oh you can't go to your kid's soccer practice because you got to go squat instead like that's you know and sometimes i worry that like the discipline conversation online is mm -hmm. too hard at ass. best it's not <laughs> too hard ass at a minimum it's not nuanced enough yeah like, I think like, that's like where like you, the pro bodybuilder with 300,000 followers, like you making the time is so much more different than like the mom who just wants to be strong so she can set an example for her kids is like a very yes. different journey in life and priorities. And uh, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. curious on your thoughts on like where discipline falls into your strength training journey. Yeah, um, definitely. Because um, I, I, I don't like discipline. I don't like a lot of the talks around discipline. Um, but on that note, I do think there's something to be said for discipline and that's discipline to replace motivation. Um, cause I don't like motivation. Motivation is a feeling feelings come and go. And people always tell sure. me, how do I get that motivation? I can't, if I, I can't fucking motivate you to take care of yourself. So like, why, if, if you don't care enough, then why should I care enough? You know, that's just me being mm -hmm. no bullshit. And maybe that's me just being too much of a hard ass, but, um, if you're relying on motivation, you're not going to get things done. Um, but taking action will defeat um, motivation 10 times out of 10. So that's where a little bit of that discipline comes into play, where you're not going to want to go to the gym every day. But if you're not doing anything else, you have no real reason to not go to the gym. You fucking go, whether you want to go there or not. And then you're going to be glad that you did at the end of that workout, too. So that's where my argument for discipline will come into play. I've definitely seen that pattern where you don't feel like going to the gym. So you don't go to the gym, but then you feel bad about going, to, not going to the gym. And you're then tired, there's like shame involved with it. And then, it, yeah. And I think this is where like being imperfect is valuable where like, maybe you are tired. Maybe you're not going to have the best workout, but like, you know what? Like that workout still counts if you go, but it doesn't, if you don't. Nobody regrets I think that's, working out, but we do regret skipping a workout. We do agree. Yeah. And I think like, and, and also like, I think, especially if you're trading like three days a week, like 
Monday workouts can be done on Tuesday. Like, I think that's also like allowing to do yourself to be imperfect and like, yeah. yeah, like it's not like your body's not like it doesn't count. Like it's, um, I think like that's valuable as well. And I, I agree with you where like, obviously some discipline needs to be had, but I think we mm-hmm. also need to be, I, when I see the fitness content, that's just about the grind or working as hard as possible in my head, I'm like, this is kind of useless because like, we need to understand. I don't want to work hard, man. I'm lazy. Like I want to, <laughs> I want to get the best results doing as little as work as possible. You know? Most people. Yeah. Like you, yes, you want to get stronger, but like, if I'm going to tell you, you have to be in the gym 15 hours a week, you're like, maybe I don't care about being stronger. as, much as <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, even for myself, that was like the case. And like, most people don't need that. I think especially beginners, like you just being consistent, improving form and having some kind of plan goes so far. And then if you have like a structured strength training plan made for you, then like you're going to get even faster results. Where like I've, I've yeah. seen like it, it's so much. It, it's, yes, you need discipline, but you don't need this like grind that I, I keep seeing online. Um, there was one woman, I forget her name. Uh, I wish I could shut her out, but she basically yells at people on the on her tiktok and tell call like literally calling them a piece of shit and like is that and, and is her name maddie oh it might be oh i don't wanna, i don't want to like miss you know what i don't know who you're talking about it's not maddie but that she is also maddie. that person yeah okay um <laughs> would love to talk no it was someone else um i did like a debunking of her um and she got mad at me in the comments which was interesting oh. um that the tough love person couldn't take tough love but um she was very like but like she was literally like swearing at people on the camera i'm like who are you who is this for like is this actually helping like i'm gen like i'm gen- i kind of want to like um i invited her to go live she didn't accept it um but she i i was like this is silly like this is like not good advice like what i like about your content is that like yes there's like tough love involved in it but there's also like and here's how you fix the problem like and here's yeah. how you like like you give actual like information they can use to go to the gym as opposed to just like making them feel like trash and then going from there yeah yes i think tough love without empathy is just fucking bullying and and just being an asshole you know so if you have the empathy factor which i i believe that i do i'm very empathetic um then you can actually help people hard some people just need to hear those truths but if you're just like giving them hard truths, but nothing behind it, no actions, nothing to help actually get, you know, make, make sense of those truths and have a plan to come out of it. Then, then you're just being an asshole. Yeah. I, at at best, it might get them to that one workout, but it's definitely not a long-term plan. Like, and I think that like the whole, like bullying, the whole bullying in the fitness world online. And like, I, I would call it bullying because it's like, you're just like, you're not even providing like factual information like you're not even you're just kind of like yelling at someone for not getting their workout done um i think is Mm -hmm. not only useless but there are people like like uh clients i've talked to who work with me now where like they were worried that was going to be the training experience and so they never got a trainer because they didn't want someone yelling at them and like that holds back right because you you so many people yeah when you think about it I don't know how old you are exactly, but I think we're probably around the same age. How old are you, Mark? I, I'm 30. You're 30. Okay. I'm 36. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm a child of the nineties. And you think about what we had in the nineties in terms of fitness influencers and fitspos, it was that drill sergeant mentality, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what people think, you know, our, people our age now think that's what fitness and personal training is, is like. And so that intimidates them right away because they, they grew up with already 
receiving that from, you know, infomercials and, and all the models and everything and all these weight loss shows, drill sergeant, drill sergeant, drill sergeant. Biggest and loser of the show. Turn, yeah. Big, yeah, exactly. Complete trash. And it, it turns people off. It, it, it creates a poor body image, a case of poor relationship with your body, with exercise, with food. Um, so we know from even from a science stamp, a standpoint and research standpoint, that doesn't work for most people. Empathy does being able to, being able to connect with other people and listen to them, listen to their pains, listen to their struggles. You're going to, you get, you attract a lot. What is the saying? You attract a lot more bees with honey than vinegar, you know? Yeah. And I think it's like, this is like obvious in our day-to-day life too. Like if you have a boss that tells you what a piece of shit you are, like you're probably not going to stay at that job for very long. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to believe that you're a piece of shit and you know, are you going (laughs) to, And then like, and then like, as opposed to like someone and like, do you want to be around people like that in your everyday life? Probably not. Um, So why is it okay in fitness, but not in every other aspect of your life? Where if someone treats you like garbage that way, like you would never accept it or like you would block them or you would stop talking to them. At a minimum, you would engage with them less, not, you know, pay them per session to yell at you. Um, So I think like that's, I totally understand what you're talking about here. Yeah. Um, (laughs) What was I going to say? Where can people find you um, if they want to learn more? Like definitely mention your own podcast and like, yeah, we can go from there. Totally. So if you do want to find me um, and some of the rants that I do post online from time to time, um, it's Matt Larfit on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, My biggest following is TikTok, but I don't do anything on TikTok anymore. I'm actually, I'm not retired from it, but I just don't care to spend any more time there because I think it's too toxic. Um, and it was horrible for my it's, mental health. So it is getting um, there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm no longer there. So I, the only thing I use TikTok now is to go get my old videos and post them, at, post them elsewhere. Um, but I'm very thankful for the community that I got there um, and, and have been able to build from that. So Matt Larfit everywhere. Um, and then I have my podcast, which Mark, we're going to be getting you on here soon. Um, it's called cut the crap with Beth and Matt. We call ourselves the world's number one, no bullshit health and fitness podcast, but don't let that intimidate you. Um, we are very empathetic on there. We have so many experts come on the show from psychologists to doctors, to registered dietitians, um, all with the like-minded goal of just helping people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you've, you've had great, I've listened to episodes and like you've had great guests on there, like Thank you. really well known and also like very like authentic names, which I really like that. Like it's, it's, you're not just picking people because they're a big following. Like you also have people. Yeah. We don't, like, no. we don't plow chase. We don't. Yeah. We don't care about like, that. We don't care about if that. you have a, you have big people that I think like are big because of how much they truly help people as opposed yes. to like, like Ben Carper, like, for instance, like the nicest yeah. dude in in the industry, you know? Oh yeah, he's I mean love his content, very well spoken. Yeah. Very nuanced in his approach. Yeah. Um he and which I think is really cool. Um and that's so like even though he's, you know, on like the fat loss route, like there's a lot of stuff that I've learned from him and like I definitely knows what he's talking about and has like thought it through. So, you know, that mm-hmm. was that was a great episode. He's a really yeah, totally. he just seems what, like a cool guy. And what you said said about the the fat loss route too, what I appreciate about him and other coaches like like that, and I can I can consider myself one of them, that's not all they care about and that's not all they do. Um you know, they look at life and improving your life in many aspects. And, you know, fat loss doesn't need to be part of that. And that's what they're there to help people with. Yeah. So yeah, no, like tr- truly amazing. And like, you know, obviously we can have this conversation too, which I think is really nice. Cause like, obviously I think we have a lot more agreements than disagreements, which is great. Sure. So, you know, For I'm sure. happy to, 
happy to have you on here. But um, yeah, so Cut the Crab podcast, uh, Matt Larfit, pretty much everywhere. Yep. You're on TikTok, but TikTok is mass. So maybe go follow him on Instagram. <laughs> follow me on Instagram. That'll be the best follow. place. And my okay. DMs are always open. If you, if move, you move, want to talk mindset and lifestyle. Yeah. I love talking yeah. about mindset and lifestyle. Obviously, I don't think your, fo- your listeners are going to ask me stuff about fat loss. I hate talking about fat loss. Like, I don't know. I, I very rarely even talk about it anymore. So there's, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not a fun conversation. No, it's not. People. It's boring. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, thanks for uh, coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. I do appreciate it as well. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. And thanks to everyone else for listening to the Badass Lifter podcast.